Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language. And here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome everybody to the Church of Roy podcast, our second post-lottery draw show. I'm back after a week off. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Ewald. I'm joined today by my co-host, Brian Wilcox, and then also a special guest from Down Under, returning to the show basically just a, a full-time co-host at this point uh adrian bernisich uh, a balmy 50 degree fahrenheit day in, in melbourne I, I don't know if i said that right i'm no, working no, on you, you, you don't give yourself enough credit you get it right every single time um my apologies i'm also recovering from covid so it might be a little my voice might be a little gravelier than what, uh, I I don't know, but in up here, COVID doesn't exist, so uh, I'm not okay. really too sure what. You, no, I'm totally joking. Everybody still be safe. Um, Brian, real quick, how you doing, bud? We heard Adrian. How are you, man? Everything's good my way, man. Uh, excited back, have you back on this week? Uh, carrying the torch with Perry last week was yeah. was harder than I anticipated. It'd been a while, and so uh, thank you for all the listeners out there for gutting that one out. Yeah, um, I appreciate it. Uh, for those who know me. In my personal life, uh, uh, my mother passed away last week. Uh, not nothing too surprising. I mean, I mean, these are always painful things. But uh, my mom is finally at peace. She had a long battle with cancer. Um, I appreciate the entire Blazers community that reached out to me. There was a lot of people. I got a lot of very kind messages, and of course, uh, Brian and Perry holding down the show for me. Uh, I heard from Adrian as well last week, very early on. So um, I feel the love. My family feels the love. I I am forever grateful for that. Um, So thank you, everyone. Um, So now we got the heavy subject out of the way. Let's talk a little bit about the Blazers. I've been itching to talk about some stuff. Obviously, um, the Blazers lottery draw did not go uh, (laughs) as well as we had hoped. Um, So I think the first thing I kind of want to talk about is now that we're a few days removed, it's knowing the Blazers are going to pick at number seven. 
I think we've seen everybody who reports on the NBA draft uh, basically come out and say the Blazers are looking to move this pick. The number seven pick is very much available. Uh, every, I mean, John Hollinger's talked about it. Jake Fisher's talked about it. I think Mark Stein's talked about it. So basically anybody who has a pulse and access to the NBA has basically said <laughs> this pick is up for grabs. Um what do you make of it? Is it surprising to you? Because it's not surprising to me. Uh, Adrian, why don't you go first, bud? Uh, no, it's not It's not surprising to me. I wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago about the Blazers. Um, if it dropped to, if that pick dropped to that sixth or seventh spot, um, they would most likely be trading the pick. Um, now it's whether they trade up, trade down or trade out. Uh, my money's on trading out. Um, for, for, for a player of consequence. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward, eagerly looking forward to draft nine at the moment because um, I'm waiting for fireworks. Hopefully there will be fireworks on June 24 for me and June 23 for you guys. Yeah, yeah you, you'll know in the future, baby. So, <laughs> so anyway, Brian, what do, what do you think? I, I mean, you've talked about this a little bit last week, but anything changed since you, you last talked? Um, not really, man. I, I would say that while I think that Portland probably will trade out, um, I still think they're in kind of a weird spot where they're not high enough to confidently take a rookie with, you know, a really high ceiling, but not quite low enough to make that trade that I'm not even going to say because it just keeps getting repeated over and over, but it has to do, do with the Pistons. And so mm-hmm. I think that's a little rich for, for that individual. And so, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what they do. I'm personally starting to lean more towards that trade back uh, way of thinking. If you're able to potentially snag 13 and 15 from Charlotte for maybe seven and 36 or some sort of, you know, brew like that, then maybe you can flip one of those and feel a little better about it while still being able to take a flyer on a young guy. So um, I'm kind of with Adrian as far as what I think they're going to do, but I'm starting to maybe lean one way you know, as far as what I hope they could potentially pull off. Yeah. I, I real quick, before I go into the idea of trading up, I, I do want to hit on something you touched on as far as trading back and getting maybe a couple of picks in that range, like you mentioned, because I think the difference between picking at seven and taking two swings in those spots are, are kind of equal value here. There's a lot of players in that range. I kind of like in this draft. The other thing too, is the attractive part of taking a player with the pick is getting that controlled contract. Now, if you're talking about moving down, you're talking about getting two controlled contracts in the teens. You have a real good chance of getting a legitimate contributor on a rookie scale deal. You, you double, you, you take two swings instead of one. Now, granted, I think there are players that if they do fall to seven, this is why I don't think you'll see a deal get done until I think the Blazers are on the clock is I think as much as I really don't care for him, I think Keegan Murray does fit the bill at seven as far as being a, a ready-made contributor. Now, I have serious questions about what his ceiling is, but I think he's someone I think the Blazers might monitor to see if he's still available at seven. Now, as far as trading up, it's something that we really haven't heard people talk about, and that is the Kings, it's kind of rumored that their pick might be available. It's also rumored that the Pacers just one pick ahead of them, their pick might be available, which that really doesn't help the Blazers out too much unless it is for a Keegan Murray type. Um, the Kings are interesting though, because who knows, you know, what they might do. Uh, so 
it, it'll be really interesting to to monitor that situation. Um, as far as a veteran goes, though, I do want to talk about trades because let's face it, the Jeremy Grant deal is not going away. But there has been an added wrinkle here because there's another player that is continuing to come up in Blazer discussions, which is DeAndre Ayton. And now whether or not the Blazers will look to move that number seven pick. But there's also been an interesting wrinkle introduced here by Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report that potentially the Pistons and the Suns could work on a deal that would be a sign and trade with Ayton, Jeremy Grant, which, man... <laughs> Like, if you're not a fan of either of those players, which there's a healthy contingent of Blazer fans that are not fans of either of those players, um, it sure leave the Blazers out in the cold on something that would be rumored, two players are rumored to be connected to. And frankly, that deal makes a lot of sense. So first, I guess let's unpack it this way, Adrian. What do you make of DeAndre Ayton? And is he someone that you would like to see the Blazers really aggressively pursue, even if it involves putting the number seven pick into a sign-and-trade type deal? Hey, it's producer Perry here, and I want to talk to you about a new app we've been using here on the Church of Hawaii called ColorCast. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. That's free to download and totally free to use. You can talk to me, other fans, Brian, Steve, athletes, and insiders all in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And the best thing is that you can share your own experiences on the app. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app free on the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any group you want. It's that easy. That's the ColorCast app on the iOS app store. Do whatever you can to get DeAndre Ayton. Um, if it's packaging, if it's a double sign and trade with Nurk and some picks and whatever, do it. I know he's been, um, uh, he probably hasn't been the best teammate from the reports we're hearing over the past few months, but he is... Uh, he's 23. He's anchored a, a team that went to the finals. He's um, he's really really effective on the offensive end, end of the ball. He if he's available, go and get him. That that that's that's my my view on it. Brian, what are you a, an Aiton guy, or or is this something where it's do you really want to go and pursue a player that? you know, the center position is kind of on its way out in the, in the NBA. Is that someone you want to commit a bunch of your cap to, or is there enough to like, you know, Adrian said, you know, as far as raising the ceiling for this team? Well, as far as Portland goes, um, big wings are in, and we don't have any of those either. So, you know, combining a real tall, mobile, 
defensive-oriented center who can also score a little bit. That's kind of limiting him. But, you know, having a backstop like that when you have Dame and, and Simons up front, I think makes a level of sense. Um, it's kind of zigging while everyone else is zagging, but we've been doing that for years, so why stop now? Um, I would like an Aiden uh, trade. I, I really do like him. I do have some questions about handing that guy, like, a max contract. Mm. I read this article the other day. I believe it was on ESPN about how much that guy likes video games. And I'm like, holy shit, if that guy liked playing basketball that much, he'd probably be a top five player in the league. <laughs> but um, I'd like the fit. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you as far as – the center position maybe being devalued relative to, you know, 10, 20 years ago, whatever you want to call it. But I do think he makes a lot of sense for this team would be a huge upgrade over Nurk. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of in on Aiton as well. I mean, I do have reservations. I mean, obviously if you don't get along with Monty Williams, I mean, that, that's a little bit of a red flag for me. Um, He's but again, getting called yeah. out in press conferences yeah. and halftime and shit. Hey. Yeah, so I, I'm not necessarily too enthused about that, but I also think it more has to do with the organization, in my opinion. I mean, the, the Suns are notorious for not necessarily uh, getting lucrative deals done early. Um, so I, I think there might be some angst there, but who knows? I mean, I, I'm not privy to any of that information. What I do find attractive about this deal is I believe it does help Damian Lillard on the short term. And then also you're talking about a core of Anthony Simons and DeAndre Ayton, two players under 25 years old that you can really project moving forward to, to, you know, a guard, you have your front court covered, you have your back court covered, and then you can build out from there. Um, there so that is attractive there. There are some real parallels to the current Suns team, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a flamethrower at the two guard and Simons first booker. Great. Mm-hmm. Simons has a little ways to go, but there are parallels there. You pop in Aiden at the five and then kind of a older veteran point guard kind of hold down the show. Now we just need Nas Little to turn into Mikhail Bridges, Bridges and yeah. Versette. You know, we're going to the well, conference finals. Also, also, I mean, I, I would love for Anthony Simons to play defense like Devin Booker, who has quietly become one of the top tier shooting guard defenders in the entire league, which is something he doesn't get enough credit for. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like the move, but I also think the move for the Pistons and the Suns also makes a ton of sense to me. That would be so it. depressing. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's not music to anyone's ears, which maybe it turns the Blazers' focus elsewhere. But, um, yeah, I think that deal makes a lot of sense. I think Jeremy Grant makes a lot of sense for the Suns. Uh, and, and I think DeAndre Ayton, you know, same idea, putting a 23-year-old with, you know, Cade, and some of the other young players they have on that team is very interesting and probably accelerates their timeline where you're talking about a significant championship window potentially opening in Detroit in a few years as some of those players, you know, kind of get their footing because, you know, you have Cade, you have Sadiq Bay, you have DeAndre Ayton. You have a lot of pieces there that I really like. And They, a lot they also have the fifth pick, forward. which could be a Dad Ivy or a Chen yeah. Sharp or – or Keegan Murray. Yeah. So it's uh it's going to be interesting. So you mentioned Shaden Sharp. I want to talk a little bit about the combine here as far as players that really stood out. Um, I don't know how much you guys are degenerates like me and follow some of the notes and watch a little bit of the combine, but is there a player or is there a storyline that emerged from the combine that you want to briefly bring up before I go on a big long rant, Brian, go ahead. 
Well, <laughs> I can't wait for the Steve rant. I was ready for it right there. Um, yeah. For me, you know, I mean, Steve, you kind of talked me out of this guy, but I'm slowly, I'm slowly falling back in, and that's Tarnit Easton LSU. And I know that you've criticized his offensive game and his ability to only go one way off the dribble, but listen, I don't think you're drafting that guy for offense. He measured at six foot eight in shoes with a seven two wingspan and eleven inch hands, which is Extremely similar to Kawhi Leonard. Um, and, you know, I think that's a guy that you just bring in to fly around the court and play defense. I don't think you're asking him to take the ball off the dribble too often, except if he's attacking the odd closeout. So I'm kind of back in on Easton, especially if, you know, in the, in the early teens, I don't really love him at seven, but he's a guy that just with those measurables and, and his steal and block rates in college, I, I don't see how he doesn't at least – establish himself on that end in the pros adrian any, anybody for you or or did you uh or or did, were you like a sane person and didn't follow what was going on at the combine I, I haven't followed it too closely but there are two players i'm very interested to see what the what the feedback is and that's chad on sharp who we've mentioned and ben matherin um and i think from what i saw matherin was was um measured at about six six and there was some conjecture whether he was six four or six six Matherin's six six. That's um, that's uh, that's a it's a lot more attractive if you're a, if you're a Portland Trailblazers fan. But I think I think with Sharp is we there's so much we don't know about him. He obviously didn't play play at Kentucky this year. Um, so I think this is these are these are this is an opportunity for people like Cronin to actually see Sharp and what he can do. Obviously, it's not it, it, it's not really in a game situation, but I think. Those are the two guys, and I know they're they're potentially guards, and we're on, I know we're all set for guards, but it's if we can find diamonds in the rough at those with those two guys, if if they decide to use the pick, then um, yeah, absolutely, those are the two guys I'm looking at. Yeah, I Shadon Sharp really kind of st- stood out to me as far as some of the storylines that emerged, um, as far as. You know, we didn't know much about Shadon Sharp going into the process, and I think somehow we know even less now, and I think that's concerning. Um, there, there's been some questions raised on even if he would be willing to participate in summer league if he gets drafted, um, wow. which is surprising to me. Um, at some point, this this player is going to have to play basketball, a- and it is just really odd to me that you know, especially what he's billed as why he would not participate a little bit more at the combine. I know there's a lot at risk there, but, you know, we saw a player uh, of similar experience in, in Darius Baisley play a little bit at the combine. Um, if he's as good as he says he is, and a lot of prospects think, or, or scouts think like I'm ready to see him play. Um, I, I like that you brought up Ben Matherin, um, Certainly, if his size continues to trend favor- favorably, you're, you're opening up the window to him play a little bit of minutes at the small forward position, which I think you alluded to as attractive for the Blazers. Um, the other player that stood out for me, just again, because I'm, I will never miss an opportunity to talk about the Gonzaga Bulldogs, is Andrew Nemhard. Had an excellent combine. Uh, definitely looked like a player that is ready to go to the NBA. I mean, it's not going to be as a starter, but he looks like he's going to be a competent 
you know, floor general and understands an NBA style offense, uh, kind of, you know, similar to like a TJ McConnell almost who's carved out a very long NBA career and might not be the most physically gifted player in the NBA. So I think Andrew Nemhart did a lot there, removed any questions on whether or not he was going to come back for a fifth year. Um, also, we got to talk about Kenny Lofton Jr. Just the the second coming of Charles Barkley, just a very round player that, uh, you know, had some moments, also had some like, oh, man, this guy's got to get in shape moments, which I sympathize with. Um, but, uh, he, you know, he's basically come out and said that there is no chance that he's going to return to college at this point. He was in the transfer portal. That definitely sounds like he is committed to coming into the NBA. He is someone I know I should learn from the Caleb Swanigan experience, but I just can't. And if he's there at 58, he is someone I would absolutely love to see the Blazers roll the dice on just because, I don't know. I think he could be a lot, especially if he gets some other things off the court in, in order as far as his diet. Um, Picking I, very talented yeah, would have been a, would have been perfectly fine. Not, not at 26 or 27, whatever they picked him at. They, they'd snagged him at 58. That would have been perfectly fine. I like how in uh, Hollinger's article on The Athletic, you know, they said that Lofton showed much more premier game than expected, despite being visibly overweight. I'm like, man, I'm really glad that uh, Hollinger isn't watching my work. Or, you know, seeing me in open gym. <laughs> Poor guy. But, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Steve, I couldn't believe you didn't hit on uh, your boy Dyson Daniels from the G League. Dyson United. Daniels, another player who, you know, it was rumored Mike Schmidt went down to, to Adrian's neck of the woods a uh, month or so ago. And hinted at that mm -hmm. Dyson Daniels has made significant leaps with his size as far as putting on weight. He also alluded to that this guy is going to measure out very well at the combine. Um, he delivered. He very much has a pro-ready body. Uh, he's someone I've talked about a lot as far as his big knock right now is that he might not. He's a suspect outside shooter something he's worked on continuously. It's something that he, in the second half of the season, he really got better at. I think he's someone who's going to go surprisingly early. He's someone I, I wouldn't mind the Blazers taking at number seven. If they do stay at the number seven spot. Um, I think he's, I think he's a lock to go in the top 10, something I thought, you know, a few weeks ago, I yeah. still definitely think that now. Um, I think there's, What's interesting about this class is I think there is a definite drop-off after like four or five, but there's still a lot of good players in that range for, you know, 15 or so players after that. I think Mark Williams from Duke Center, another player that measured out very well. Uh, I think he did very well in interviews by the sounds of it. So another player to watch. Um, kind of fits a position in need for the Blazers potentially. Uh, but I also am really interested at the back end of this draft um, some of those second round picks, there's a lot of, you know, really good kind of college veteran players that I think are going to come in, come in and play like a niche role, like something like we saw from Trenton Watford last year, where they have these transferable skills where they might not be a star, but they're going to be a useful role player in the NBA. And I think this draft is chock full of those players, but I will say, I guess another player I was kind of disappointed is, uh, David Roddy. Our boy from Colorado State kind of had a rough combine. Um, and so we'll see how that that translates. He's definitely a player who's highly skilled, kind of, a, you know, like Kenny Lawson, another kind of odd body type for what we look for in NBA prospects. But who knows? He might, he might turn it around here. So now we just kind of focus on 
who the Blazers are bringing in for workouts. We, we had rumors of who they've kind of contacted already. I believe Ben Matherin, Keegan Murray. I, I think Johnny Davis was on that list as well. Um, so, you know, they're definitely doing their, their due diligence in players that should align in that range that, that they'll be picking in. Hey, it's producer Perry here, and I want to talk to you about a new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called ColorCast. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and totally free to use. You can talk to me, other fans, Brian, Steve, athletes, and insiders all in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And the best thing is that you can share your own experiences on the app. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app free on the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any group you want. It's that easy. That's the ColorCast app on the iOS App Store. Can I ask a question? If Daniels, my boy from up the road, decide that is is selected by the Blazers, would he would he be uh, would it be realistic for him to start at that that starting? three spot or was is that is that a Nas who would you start Nas Little or Dyson Daniels um I would hope that the Blazers will address his position with a veteran but 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 hypothetically, I, uh, those two players. Hypo- hypothetically I, I think it would be a, a coin flip in training camp I think you would open the competition completely for those two players I, I think Dyson Daniels has shown last year with who he played with on that G League United team, he played with two shoot first backcourt players and he really set the table for them. He played outside of the role he was comfortable in and he thrived in it. I, I think you could put him into that spot and he would really keep the offense clicking, whether or not you want to get, you know, Anthony or Dame in more off ball situations. But I see him more as, you know, I, I think if I had to pick, I would put Nasir Little in the starting lineup just so you could have Dyson Daniels coming off the bench. Cause I think that would solve some questions you maybe have about bringing on like a true third point guard. Uh, I think you could alleviate some of the pressure there. Cause I, I think he is a really good ball creator and has a really good feel for, for how an offense works at, at a pro pro style scheme that he played with in the G league. But anyway, beyond the draft, there's also a little bit of news that came out today. More than a little bit, but it is from John Canzano. So, you know, who knows? Uh, he, he's pretty consistent with this type of stuff. But basically, um, following up on something we've touched on before, it does sound like the Blazers are going to sell sooner rather than later. Uh, according to Canzano's article, uh, the Blazers are their sales being handled by the same auction house that is currently handling uh, Brian's uh, Denver Broncos who have also been for sale for a little while. Um, so it basically sounds like in the next six to 12 months, the Blazers could see a, a sell of the team. And, and, you know, then we move forward into kind of uncharted territory. Any thoughts on the sale? And I guess, Brian, I mean, you're in Denver. I, you've touched on it a little bit before about the Broncos sale, but is, is this news encouraging or discouraging about who's handling the sell? I think that with this auction house, purely their lone goal is to get as much money as possible for the trust. And I think it's a very similar situation with Pat Bowen in Denver and his trust and, and Paul Allen in, in Portland and with his trust. So there's really no selection process as far as I, as far as I know. So um, take that as you will. It'll be somebody with big pockets, which could be very good for the NBA in particular when you have all these 
ways to kind of pay luxury and build a more competitive team through the willingness to spend money. Um, I think it's a good thing. I'm kind of just out on the Jody Allen ownership <laughs> experience. Um, yep. I'm optimistic that somebody with some fresh blood can come in there and make some very good changes for the organization and be willing to spend. And part of me thinks the timing of this is all about getting ahead of potential NBA expansion and capitalizing on, on, mm -hmm. you know, getting one team for sale now before potentially two go out on the market. So frankly, I'm not super surprised by this. And, and I, I really am encouraged by this news. I'm, I think there's probably some hand wringing about the team potentially moving, but with expansion on the horizon and, you know, everything that happened with Oklahoma city and Seattle, I, I find the possibility of Portland ever, or the Trailblazers ever leaving Portland extremely, you know, slim. And I, I, I'm not concerned with that in the least. No, I, I'm not concerned with relocation for the Blazers at all. I think they've been yeah. a model franchise for the NBA um, outside of a few jailblazer years. I mean, they have been exactly what you want from a small market team. As far as support, um, they are part of Portland's DNA. Um, I, I don't see them moving. I, I think this is a, a positive development. Um, obviously, like you, you said, selling them before expansion works well for the league. I mean, I think that's some of the – you know, I think that's what's going to delay the Seahawks sale is because the Broncos are still up for sale. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you kind of clear that market out and you really know who your buyers are. Um, also, too, if you're the NBA, you know, you clearly want to revive the I-5 rivalry, which you put an expansion team in Seattle. You keep Portland where they are and you you bring basketball in full force back to the Northwest. Um, so I'm not terribly concerned. I am interested that, you know, I guess it comes back to the topic that we talked about last time I was on the show. Um, it is kind of weird that if the sell is, you know, only 12 months out that you hand out a four-year contract to a GM like that, that again, that just, I don't know. You would, you would assume that the new owner is going to want to handpick everyone, which that might be the president of basketball operations position. Um, Adrian, any thoughts on the Blazers potential sale? Um, are you happy? I'm, or are you ready to say goodbye to Jody? Well, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit removed from it all, um, obviously, given geography. I will say that I, I, uh, I'm, I'm keen to see someone buy the franchise who's actually somewhat interested in the franchise and interested in success on the court, not necessarily just um, in the books. But, look, um, from my point of view, Jody kind of – from my perspective, it feels like Jody was handed the Blazers and the Seahawks, and it's kind of like, okay, great, I've got two sports franchises now. Um, I don't know what's going on. Um, to bring someone in who knows uh, a bit more about sport um, and who has a passion for the team and wants the team to succeed, I think that can only be a good thing. Um, as someone who doesn't live in Portland, I'm not as concerned as far as relocation, but I, I don't, I would never want them to move because I, because I visited Portland a couple of years ago and um, it's just a fantastic city and a fantastic basketball city. So um, I would, I would hope that the team would, would remain. And I, from, from chatting with Steve and other people, it sounds as if that's, that's probably what will happen. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll go down and I'll chain myself to a bus. I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone when it comes to that. So, um, I, I wonder if Jody Allen would have more interest in the Blazers if their mascot 
was like the Toronto Raptors where, you know, dinosaur bones have more value and, and maybe that would pique her interest a little bit more, but I don't know. That's just me speculating. Um, I thought it was like penguin skulls or something. So maybe that's why the Seahawks are going to sell second. You know, that could be it. I don't know. You know don't the know. bird bones. But <laughs> anyway, before we get ourselves in trouble, I do want to talk about something not about basketball. Because anytime I have Adrian on, I do want to talk about, you know, toilets and other things. So I did I did want to say um, at the start of the pandemic, when, when the toilet paper shortage was going on, I made an early investment into a bidet in my house. And I will say, I have gotten spoiled when I leave my house and I'm not around a bidet for several days in a row. So I just spent a week in Hermiston, Oregon. No bidet. I don't know how people are living without a bidet. I mean, imagine wetting down a Tootsie Roll and squeezing it out of your, your hand in a fist. Here we go. And, and then you just wipe it over it with a piece of cloth. That doesn't get it clean. You add a little water in there. You got a clean hand, my friend. It just doesn't line up. You got to get with the bidet. Adrian, do you have a bidet? Is bidets more popular in Australia? No, than we don't. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure there are Australians with bidets, but no, that's that's a bit. That's a bit too luxurious for uh, for our current standing. No, we don't. But I mean, I wonder if it's you have to be so many years removed from being a penal colony to get bidets. Is that what you're telling me? Because I'm sure they're huge in Europe. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's where they started. Right. Um, yeah. 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 No, I, uh, yeah. I, I just, I just uh, Googled bidet usage by country and it looks like Italy, Portugal, Japan, Argentina, Venezuela leading the way. So you have kind of a, you know, very, very, a more v- like a, a lot of variety. Than I yeah. Eclectic yeah. is eclectic is right. Yeah. So anyway, I'm not spot. We're not currently sponsored by a bidet maker, but I'm telling you, do yourself a favor. Even if it's just the cold water one, go out and get one and change your life. I can't, I mean, I was so happy to get home. And also, I don't know if there's any science out there and I'm sure you can all attest to this, but your body knows when you're within 15 minutes of your home toilet. And I don't know how it does that, but it just, I wonder if I was blindfolded if it had the same reaction, but. I'm so glad anyway. that when you see my face, you think of toilets, Dave. I, I, you know, nothing brings me. I've more. been dying to, I've been dying to talk. I've got, I've always got hot toilet talk. So. <laughs> this conversation went sideways. Yeah. Went real sideways in a hurry. Anyway, that's it. I wanted to let everybody know, get a bidet, change your life. <laughs> You'll use half as much toilet paper. Anyway. That's all we got for today's show. We're going to be back next week. Probably less toilet talk. Um, I'll be back in the swing of things. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more Blazer rumors uh, between now and then. Uh, Something we touched on earlier in a previous episode is buckle up. The Blazers have a bunch of financial flexibility here. So they're going to be involved in a lot of trade talk, a lot of free agent talk, the Zach Levine stuff, which we didn't even really get to touch on today. Um, very much alive and well for the Blazers, even if it really doesn't make sense on paper. Sorry, Steve, can I so, say one more thing? Go it's ahead. Great actually hearing Portland in trade rumors again. Like mm-hmm. so long, you'd hear a list of teams and it was like Indiana, Los Angeles Lakers, and you would never hear Portland's name. It's it's so refreshing to hear um, that being that being said. So good on you, Joe Cronin. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for a while, the only rumors you were going to ever hear the Blazers in 
that you could actually believe would it have to involve like the Orlando Magic, the Denver Nuggets, Denver and, the Kings, you know, Kings, yeah, yeah, and then the Kings. So now it's nice to hear some other team names. It's nice to see them in the headlines for some of these big name players. Um, Brian, anything before before we get out of here? No, man, just excited to spend these next few weeks. Looking forward to this draft. It's gonna be fun. Um, excited to get a little more in depth on some of these guys as we get closer to it. And, and uh, yeah, man, can't wait. Exciting time of the year. Hope is eternal right now, and I cannot wait for the draft. All right, Adrian, anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, no, nothing else. Just uh, obviously weekly column on Blazers Edge. Uh, just looking for content at the moment as we, we kind of in that limbo between um, the draft lottery and the draft. Um, but, yeah, just uh, every every weekend for you guys on, uh, on Blazers Edge. All right. Thank you again, everybody, again, like I mentioned at the top of the show. Thank you for all the love. I appreciate each and every one of you that reached out. Um, means the world to me. means the world to my family. So everybody have a good week. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, go get a bidet. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast. And while you're at it, go follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod. We'll see you next week.